When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Factor. If you want to eat better this year and are looking for fast, healthy, restaurant-quality meals that are ready to eat and easy on your budget, Factor is the perfect solution. Sign and save right now by going to factormeals.com forward slash talk TV 50 and use code talk TV 50 to get 50% off your order. That's code talk TV 50 at factormeals.com forward slash talk TV 50 to get 50% off. Hi, this is Melissa Manchester, and you, you lucky people, are listening to TV Confidential. Again, I want to emphasize to the teachers and to all the students the importance of being very careful outside. Weather is breaking, coming nice again, but we have to be very watchful and very careful of the children. Ed Robertson, along with her friend Phil Grice, Phil Grice, founder and owner of Archival Television Audio, ATVAudio.com. Phil normally joins us for a look at the sounds of lost television. This week, however, we're talking to Phil about the upcoming showing of his critically acclaimed direct cinema documentary, Harlem School, 1970. A rare look at a typical day at community school number 30M, an actual public elementary school in Harlem, New York, where Phil taught for three years before embarking on his long career as a documentary cinematographer. Harlem School 1970 is an early example of direct cinema, a style of filmmaking that allows viewers to watch the narrative unfold themselves and shape their own meaning without narration or outside interviews. For our listeners on the East Coast, there will be a screening of Harlem School in 1970 at the Maisel's Documentary Center in New York City on Thursday, March 14th, beginning at 7 p.m. For tickets and more information, go to maisels.org, M-A-Y-S-L-E-S, maisels.org. Before we went to break, Phil was talking about some of the technical aspects of filming Harlem School 1970, as well as some of the challenges he faced because of either limited resources or the technological limitations at the time he made the film. As we pick up the conversation, Phil talks about how he shot most of the film, and particularly the scenes of the children in the classroom, non-sync. When you see a scene and you hear a child talk to another child, um, I was doing audio only. The audio was secretly done by putting the very first Sony TC-100 cassette recorder that was the first one that they ever produced in a uh, military bag. If you watch the film again, watch for a bag on a desk here and there. <laughs> I had to, 
on cassette. It was not synchronized to my camera. I shot this with a Bolex spring wound. I only got 25 seconds on a wind. Then the camera stops. You have to wind it up again. I worked with 100 foot loads, which meant I only got two and a half minutes per film reel. Think about the way we shoot today digitally. This is unheard of. And um, I then, in syncing all of this up, I had to find, I had to be a good lip reader, I had to find material that equated what the audience hopefully will buy as sync. So, so, another, and, uh, so, you so, tell me if you believe what you were watching actually was not happening at the same time. Okay, as. all right. So, in other words, in other words, the visual footage of the typical classroom settings as you cut from one classroom to another, and the audio that we hear in some cases did not did not actually reflect. The visual that was edited in later. At, at it was mostly in the lunchroom and in the yard. Everything you see in the classroom, I did have audio. Okay. I had to find it, All right. and I only had a couple of seconds uh, where I was in sync. So that's why you see a lot of editing, a lot of cuts, a lot of cutaways. But uh, I wanted to equate the feel of synchronization, and um, in order to do that, um, I was limited in terms of long takes. Okay, well. Yeah, there, 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 there are a lot of cuts and there are a lot of edits, but it's very seamless. It is not jarring. It is not jarring at all. It is very smooth, and you really do feel like you're eavesdropping on this April twenty ninth, nineteen seventy, which I think was the day where most, uh, uh, most of the filming was was done. Well, it was it was over a period of at least three weeks, uh, from the end of April uh, through the beginning of May, and the way I can. Uh, determine that is um, looking at the blackboards. <laughs> well, no, I, that, I mean the reason why I picked I didn't I didn't just pick April twenty ninth out of thin air. I mean there there is a shot where one of the teachers points to the blackboard and it clearly says today is April twenty ninth. I've also seen May fifteenth yeah. and uh, April thirtieth. They, they, they're uh, infrequently seen, but uh, um, I, I my memory is minimal with regard to the exact dates when I shot this, but it, it was definitely uh, April and May. Well, and, um, you know, and, and when I was shooting, um, you know, footage outside, I was shooting uh, basically, as um, most documentary cameramen don't shoot, um, I was not hand-holding a lot. I, I did hand-hold, but I would be using long telephoto lenses to get as close as possible, and then I would be up close with my wild tape recorder and trying to get as much clean audio of these kids. And I think that, to me, was the uh, charm of the film, trying to get a feel of um, how these children uh, behaved in a given day. And if I was eight years old and I had to do what they did every day, that I would not be a happy camper. They had peer pressure. Uh, you noticed how physical these kids are. Oh yeah! I was, in fact, I was—you you just anticipate my next question because uh, certainly, when for the most part, when you depict the kids in the classroom, for the most part, because they're in a controlled vir environment, for the most part, they are on their best behavior. It's another story during when you when you show them during recess, when you show them during the lunch break, where. That's when we start to see kids form cliques. That's when we start to yes. see, 
you know, a little bit of the rope-a-dope, you know, to borrow from Muhammad Ali, who was obviously one of the big cultural figures at the time. But, you know, you, you see him them play around, sometimes serious, sometimes maybe not so serious with, with fighting and just kids being kids in, in, in every sense of the word. And anyone who has attended grammar school... <laughs> <laughs> it will take them back to that, you know. So it's, it's so that would be the compliment of compliments, where you feel like you're there, uh, like a fly on the wall, and um, I think that's the greatest compliment any uh, direct cinema film uh, can achieve, where um, obviously nobody is aware of the camera, and that you're you're, tr you're eavesdropping, and you're trying to get um, a typical. Um, moment-to-moment -moment experience with regard to the subject material you're shooting. Phil Grice is with us as we discuss Harlem School 1970, a rare look at a typical day at Community School Number 30M, an actual public elementary school in Harlem, New York, where Phil taught for three years before embarking on his long career as a documentary cinematographer. For our listeners on the East Coast, particularly those in the Tri-State, Area, there will be a screening of Harlem School in 1970 at the Maisel's Documentary Center in New York City on Thursday, March 14th, beginning at 7 p.m. In addition to the screening of Harlem School 1970, the evening will also include a screening of a short film the film made in April 2018 with Iris. Maxwell. Iris was one of the second graders and third graders that Phil Grace taught between 1967 and 1969. Plus, she is one of the students featured in Harlem School 1970. After the screening of Harlem School 1970 that night, there will also be a panel discussion of the film featuring Phil Grace, Iris Maxwell, and preservationist Ben Wolf. More information on the Thursday, March 14th screening of Harlem School 1970 in New York City. Go to mazels.org, M-A-Y-S-L-E-S, mazels.org. Stay with us, folks. We'll be right back. With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, motion sounds something like this. Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy on, easy off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com socks. One more item if you want to eat better this year. Our friends at Factor are the perfect solution. They have more than 35 pre-prepared, ready-to-heat and ready-to-eat, chef-crafted, restaurant-quality, and dietitian approved meals that will make eating better every day, fun and delicious, and your weekly meal planning a whole lot easier with no prepping, no cooking, and no cleanup necessary. Check it out yourself by going to factormeals.com forward slash talk. TV50. Astrid and I recently checked out some of Factor's keto selections, including their roasted tomato and feta cavatappi with broccoli and red peppers, and the garlic and herb roasted mushrooms, while their three bean chili with quinoa is just the right size for lunch. We also enjoyed their chocolate banana smoothies, which is just one of the many healthy and nutritious options for breakfast and midday bites that are ready to eat and, best of all, Less expensive than takeout. Sign and save right now by going to factormeals.com forward slash talk TV 50. Use promo code talk TV 50 to get 50% off 
your order. That's code TV 50 at factormeals.com forward slash TV 50 to get 50% off. Hi, this is Diane Baker, and you are listening to TV Confidential. Again, we talked before, this is it's a time capsule to look back at not only a typical day in an actual inner city uh, public elementary school, Phil, but it's also a typical day in 1970, uh, where, where, times, where times were different. And, and one, of, one jarring moment for me is hearing one of the administrators tell the kids to shut up during a, you know, while, while, while trying to get them to gather for an assembly. Uh, you have you have uh, aides who uh, were on the bullhorn, and uh, it was a cacophony of loud sounds continuously, to, you know, instructing what to do, what not to do. Um, no, but he actually used the word "shut up," and it's like, <laughs> well, oh well, you know, what about the teacher uh, who physically uh, shoves the kid, uh, yeah. you know, <laughs> in yeah. his chair? Um, I mean, today, if anyone did any of that, uh, that would have been it. Yeah. Out. Yeah. No. It's just. You know, I, I might add one of the salient human beings, individuals whom I'm trying to find, is a woman who was the art teacher at the time. Her name Jacqueline Bousset. She drew the uh, poster that you see at the end, where credits roll. Uh-huh. Uh You see a little uh, Afro-American girl and boy. You see a desk and a couple of books. It's way at the end, and. Um, 20 years after I made this film, um, I went back to Harlem School, um, PS30 at that time, and lo and behold, she was the principal. Uh-huh. A couple more questions, Phil. Uh, the, the documentary, as it happens, I don't, I don't think you could have planned on this, but as it happens, it begins uh, with footage of Adam Clayton Powell addressing the entire student body. At, right. at a time when he happened to be campaigning for office, did, did that just kind of happen? You know, I got uh, very fortunate. That was the total tail end of his career, and uh, two years later he was dead. Uh, he lost that campaign. Um, he had been um, a representative in Harlem since 1944, and uh, he actually uh, was very controversial, especially at that time. Uh, he lost the Democratic uh, campaign. He never even got to run again. And um, I, uh, I think I, I caught him uh, maybe one of the last times he uh, would have uh, been campaigning in that kind of environment. And I love what he said. I don't know if you remember what he said to the kids, that they could be anything they wanted to be. They just had to think about the fact that they can do it. Yeah, you're, you're only limited by what your mind tells you. Yes, I thought that was wonderful. Yeah, and that's cer- that is certainly an idea that uh, that's a timeless idea that anyone anyone listening tonight can apply to their lives and their dreams today. This is interesting. Film Forum here in New York, starting in uh, a week, they're doing a two week retrospective of sixties um, verite, and they are showing fifty seven films. 57 different direct cinema films. Some of them well-known, some of them very esoteric. Not one of them, not one of them is about kids. They should add Harlem School 1970 to their lineup. Uh, In the future, um, 
I want to get the recognition for this film. Um, you know, for 47 years it was in a closet. So, you know, that was my responsibility where I never really pushed it for 47 years until uh, this past year after uh, I had my cancer and, and after uh, the birth of uh, our first grandson, after 48 years of marriage, um, and after a decline in the work that I had been doing as a cinematographer, everyone comes to an end, um, I was motivated to think out of the box with regard to this film, and if those circumstances didn't occur, it might have remained in the closet. Well, I, I will say thank you for cleaning out your closet and discovering the film, Phil. But, um, the closet uh, is clean. It is. If, if, okay, uh, final question for now. If there's one or two points or conclusions that viewers should take away from, from screening Harlem School in 1970, what would those be? Well, um, I think we all have retrospective memories about being in elementary school. And um, I think unless you had lived in an inner city environment, uh, you are going to be a little bit surprised, I would think, um, living um, a day in the life as a, uh, as a black child. Ninety-seven percent of these students are Afro-American. And um, that, to me, is the gift of this film, to be able to go back almost 50 years ago, half a century, and relive what it might have been like and what it was like in front of my eyes as I was filming, um, going to school five days a week, dealing with teachers, dealing with the discipline at hand, dealing with your own school uh, mates, uh, your peers, very physical world, um, dealing with your parents. And if you were lucky, you had two parents. So it, it's a, And then all of the exterior footage, you, you get to feel... Uh, what the automobiles looked like, the streets, they were in disrepair. When I went back in June to do the, um, the testimonial film, the whole surrounding environment has changed. High-rises, everything has changed from what you will see in the film, especially you know when you look at the exteriors. Uh, yet that school remains almost unchanged from the outside. It's one huge complex, and it takes up two blocks, um, it's amazing, 128th Street between Lexington and 3rd Avenue. It is now in its 48th year. When I shot the film, it was in its very first year. Phil Grice is the writer, producer, director, editor, and cinematographer of Harlem School 1970, a rare look at a typical day in an actual public elementary school in Harlem, New York, circa 1970. For our listeners on the East Coast, particularly those in the tri-state area, there will be a screening of Harlem School in 1970 at the Maisel's Documentary Center in New York City on Thursday, March 14th, beginning at 7 p.m. In addition to the screening of Harlem School 1970, the evening will also include a screening of a short film the film made in April 2018 with Iris Maxwell. Iris was one of the second graders and third graders that Phil Grace taught between 1967 and 1969. Plus, she is one of the students featured in Harlem School 1970. After the screening of Harlem School 1970 that night, there will also be a panel discussion of the film featuring Phil Grace, Iris Maxwell, and preservationist 
Ben Wolf. More information on the Thursday, March 14th screening of Harlem School 1970 in New York City. Go to mazels.org, M-A-Y-S-L-E-S, mazels.org. For more on Phil Grice and archival television audio, atbaudio.com, atbaudio.com. Phil, always a pleasure. Continue success with Harlem School 1970. Thank you, Ed. Greg Airbar will join us for a DVD and streaming report. We come back on TV Confidential. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk at tvconfidential.net, talk at tvconfidential.net. You can also message us at facebook.com forward slash tvconfidential, x.com forward slash TV Confidential or at TV Confidential on Instagram. And if you're listening to us on the TV Confidential podcast, please be sure to hit the subscribe button. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay Area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415 415- 886-7411 or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.